Welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I am your host, the man who believes that it isn't a quality homebrew crawl unless a few stops or vague blurs, Rob Fisher. With me, as always, is the man who so thoroughly believes in our Beers Around the World segment that he is literally flying around the world right now, Mike Albright. And of course, <laughs> the man whose auditory skills means we don't sound like drunken buffoons, just sober idiots. The man far, far too handsome for time-lapse photography, Jesse Clark. Today is March 3rd, 2015, and we're recording at Sample Sode 40, February 2015. This week, Mike is away traveling to parts unknown in search of holy relics that belong in a museum, or something. But we are joined instead by friend, fan, and homebrewer, Daniel Annis, whose fantastic first entry into our annual homebrew crawl found him walking out with a huge bag of malts yes. and a red ribbon of popular choice. Welcome, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, how heavy was that giant bag of malts? I think it was about 55 pounds. Wow. So uh, that was uh, qu quite a haul back to the uh, the house. Still feeling it on my neck a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, took the advice, put it on top, and hauled ass down. Oh, God, nice. <laughs> uh, so for listeners at home, last Saturday was the fifth annual February home crawl in which uh, Jesse, Mike, uh, and now Dan and I, uh, all of our friends sort of gather. Uh, I think there was about 60, slightly over 60 of us who march uh, all around Lancaster to various homes of home brewers and just general hosts to sample i think this year it was 13 different beers that are made by um you know amateur home brewers and so it is sort of like one of the uh pinnacles of our social calendar every year and uh, we'd like to talk about uh the good the bad and the ugly uh, when it comes down to it so um this year we started off pretty early uh two o'clock in the afternoon we stopped at um well whose house was it it was uh it was Brommer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, over on Duke Street, where we had um, we had one beer to start out with. Uh, very sweetly, um, Mrs. Brommer uh, is a uh, marketing rep for Victory, and so we were having a Helios Mimosas. Oh, she was the one making that. Oh, those are delicious. Yeah, and um, <laughs> did you have one? No, I went straight for the Storm King. Oh, okay. And they also had uh, various I, bottles I there. So I had a hop knife and half a, a Helios Mimosa to start the homebrew <laughs> yeah. crawl. So that's just going to set the level of what kind of drinking you're going to be doing throughout the day. But yeah, she was pouring those things like there. They were no, they were bottomless essentially. And uh, although there was a weird sort of you know twang to the uh, the mimosa, actually Helios actually made a really nice mimosa. You know, I'm very par partial to the champagne version, but it was actually really really good. Uh, the sample that I had. So we started out with Joe Moffat's uh, Mojo Fats Subterranean Brew Cave. Um, yeah, so he went for uh, Belgian-style blonde. Uh, he said it was about 6% ABV, and he just went for something that was uh, solid of its style. And I thought um, it was something sort of uh, mild both in flavor and in ABV to start, which was pretty nice considering, especially after Storm King and whatnot, uh, something a little lighter was really nice. But I, I thought it was... Um, it was exactly what it advertised to be, um, which is rare because I feel for our homebrew crawl, people like to kind of be out there on the on the on the the edge of experimentation and to have someone come and be like, "I did a Belgian." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it. I, there was a lot of that this year, I thought, but um, I, there was a lot of just like, "Here's here's the style, and we're going to nail it." Um, and I thought I was I was impressed there by that. I thought it was like you said, it was just it, it did what it was supposed to do. Um, it was simple, it was flavorful, it was crisp, it was refreshing. Uh, last year, Joe did a um, he did the uh, sweet potato porter, that was very good. I think he served it a bit too cold last year, which ended up uh, basically killing all the sweet potato flavor. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that uh, over the the years now, he has the technical expertise to really um, craft a good quality beer. Like the it kind of had that um, I don't want to say overcarbonated, but more carbonated feel of a typical Belgian. Definitely had. Um, those banana-y uh, notes uh, to a typical Belgian. And uh, it kind of felt like almost, I would say, close to like Le Grave from uh, Trogues and sort of um, sparking something similar to the imagination. So I thought it was really great. And then I was talking with him later in the day, and he was discussing how the judges said that they thought, and this is how specific the judges get on their voting, which I think is insane, um, that they were arguing that perhaps he added too much yeast 
to uh, fermentation and that, and then some of the, the things that they were noticing that would be criticism was an overabundance of yeast as part of the brewing process. And I'm like, holy crap, you can tell that? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I know that the, I obviously don't get too up in the business of the judges while they're doing their thing, considering I am a contestant. But, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see that they are going for that level of nuance of trying to find each individual little flaw to find the truly superior beer is pretty pretty crazy and actually will only make it more daunting next year now that i know that i quit (laughs) (laughs) yeah kind of oh boy so yeah i actually really liked um joe's beer quite a bit i liked his last year as well um and i think uh sort of the unfortunateness is uh, having to start somewhere is uh he set the bar high but there were so many great beers that i kind of feel like uh by the time we got to the end of the day um his wasn't punchy necessarily punchy enough in flavor to be sort of like a, a popular choice because it kind of blended back out into the the background noise because there were so many other things that were big flavor this way or big flavor that way or mm-hmm. different or whatever. And I feel like uh, for our particular crew, he was going the right di- right direction for judge's choice, but I think for popular choice, which is why I'm glad we do both, that it was a weaker offering um, just because we're a bunch of Philistines who go around drinking, uh, you know, I want to drink what I like. And uh, that would, you know, something... Perfectly on style isn't necessarily going to impress too much. Now, do the judges always kind of lean the same way? They, yes. So the, traditionally what the judges have done is they've always looked for what's the best crafted beer. Mm-hmm. Um, both of the ju- well, this year we had three judges, um, but I know the uh, the brewer from Trogues generally wants to look for something that is of style or isn't too like wild on flavor. Um, so for him, he'd like something. Well, and like last year, uh, Josh Goodyear, who was also a brewer that we'll get to, he won with his smoking gun smoked porter. Mm-hmm. And it was just a subtly smoked porter. And it was just very well crafted. Meanwhile, there were people like myself doing crazy double whiskey oaked double IPAs that were insane. You know, and like, so I think what heck ends up happening is it would be a really hard sell to have something that is that outlandish and impress the judges because they're looking for who has this down, who has the base expertise down uh, as well as possible. And that's actually with our crew getting pretty freaking hard to determine one over the other because I felt like of all of the entries, um, short of potentially uh, myself, uh, there were, like everybody had like an extremely well-crafted beer. I mean, there wasn't anybody that was just like, yep, you got your homebrew crit two months ago. You know, like everybody really had, um, you know, beers that, didn't seem that far off from actually being like professional brews. Yeah, I was impressed this year with that. I was yeah. uh, I, I was telling Jackie, I was like, some of this is probably not going to be that good. You know, you just, I'm sure you'll pass. And then I was like, no, this is all. <laughs> mm. I thought the first time, I'm like, wow, I think it's going to go downhill from here. There's going to be some, you know, it's like, and then just went up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we left from. Um, not bro- saying that I was doubting either of you on your ability. But I was <laughs> saying, as in, like, there are going to be some, like doozies you know uh, it's like oh yeah, yeah this is a good try it's obviously entirely flat or whatever it is but it's you know like we had that that, that last year and you were, there was some just we had some underperformers but this year not this at year all there, i don't think so who's this rookie think he is coming <laughs> in here with an oak age brew <laughs> so we left uh the brahmers and headed over to uh silas's house where uh, mike and his uh, lovely lady and special guest uh, emily landis um debuted three beers so we did them kind of out of order of what the paper was, but we started with um, Emily's Triple A Plus, uh, which was a, a Belgian triple. Yeah, that was awesome. It was a very good beer. Um, my scrawlings here, uh, I thought it was a little light in mouthfeel for a triple. Um, I was expecting something darker and a little heavier for what it would be on style, but the taste was awesome. Um, it was very good. Indeed, indeed. Um, and again, like, you know, I, you know, Emily, I think is always sort of this, uh, dark horse candidate where I don't know why the people don't seem to expect big things out of her, but she always brings phenomenal beers. Um, her last year, the spruce beer that she made was my favorite of the year. Um, and so, yeah, I, she had three beers entered this time and I actually really enjoyed all three of them. So she started out with the A plus triple. Then we went to, um, the stout was next, was it? The black cherry imperial stout. Yeah, and then uh, we had the sour. So the black cherry imperial stout was really nice. It was actually a nice dark stout 
um, with a bit of a cherry flavor. Oh, that's right. She gave us that, 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 that pizza. pizza. Thing. Mm-hmm. It was a oh. chocolate, well, it was, I guess it was Nutella cherry pizza. Oh, and then it went so well with the beer. She's good with that. The other yeah. year she had that pizza beer. I yeah. keep talking about that because it was the coolest thing. Were you around for that? Were you around for the pizza beer? Uh, I was not. She made beer with oregano and thyme, and then mm. she paired it with the little pizzas, and it was just like, well, you drink the beer, <laughs> and you're like, this is kind of strange, but then you had the little pizza, you're like, holy shit, this is perfect. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would do this, you know, out, go out somewhere to drink pizza beer and eat a pizza, but... I've heard more rumblings that we need to, uh, A, have a best food category, and then perhaps a best pairing category, because I feel like those are other considerations that mm. you're putting together. Although not everybody brings food, so we don't want to necessarily punish those who don't participate to that end. Yeah, it was, um, uh, was it Emily's parents who brought the wings? They win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gretchen bought four pizzas at the end of the night. Well, she may also too, win. But... Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that part. So then uh, Emily's <laughs> final beer, her final beer was uh, what you call it, the Council of Elrond's Elderberry Sour, uh, a.k.a. Gaffer's Homebrew, a.k.a. Shortcuts Make for Long Delays, yeah. <laughs> uh, so on and so forth. Uh, anyway, so it was a uh, Elderberry Sour and I think it was really the first sour offering we've had at the Homebrew Crawl. And it was good. Yeah, maybe. It was I, actually I, very good. I like the, the, the Lord of the Rings references. I really do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she was totally nerd alerting that day for sure. She wouldn't go through the whole uh, black tongue uh, <laughs> names for it and stuff. She had a whole paragraph of like oh. names for the beer, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I would have taken the whole thing. Um, but the beer was really good. It was, uh, if I recall correctly, it was a little red in color. Like a mm-hmm, light, later, mm-hmm. maybe like a darker pink. Um, definitely had like a sour. I don't know what she used for the. I guess well, elderberries is what the, the fruit component was. But it was um, it was sort of a light, mild sour, and I, um, I I judge that by the fact that like Janine enjoyed it without being wanting to spit it back out or forcing me to drink the rest of it because there's like an upper limit to what she's willing to tolerate with sours. So for me, I was like, wow, this is actually just a good sour. I really like this. It's not pushing my boundaries. And even Janine was like. Yeah, this isn't my style, but I actually am okay with this, which was good. And you're only, she's only drinking a tiny little bit. I mean, it's like two shots worth of beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is true. This is true. It was a mouthful or two. Um, but I really liked that. I thought it was very good. It was my favorite of what Emily made. And um, I wish I could have some more of the spruce side by side to do a comparison of what I thought was mm. the best of uh, that she's done. But I really enjoyed the that. Best of Emily. Yeah, I'll have to ask if she stole any of that around. Um, but then we moved from there to um, Mike, who uh, this year none of the brewers got to make up their own brewery names. So uh, Matt came up with Jesus is just all bright <laughs> brewing, which I thought was hilarious. And he made a, a Rosh beer, rock beer, however you say it. Um, and so, again, that was a new first style that no one had ever done. Um, it is an up and coming style. It's a revival style that people are like breweries are starting to brew. Um, I've seen them offered once or twice in the various places that I've been, but I haven't really seen anything like at the fridge. I think I saw it one at the federal tap house a couple months ago because they have a hundred beers on tap. So they can do that. Um, but yeah, I haven't really seen that style before. And, um, Mike, I liked it. I did. It wasn't my favorite style in the world, but, uh, it was smoky and meaty. Um, it was definitely, uh, after the elderberry sour going to that, that meaty flavor, that sort of slightly smoked meaty flavor was sort of like a, um, a shock to the system. Um, but I, I actually really enjoyed Mike's beer. And especially after last year, because he was complaining that his didn't turn out so great last year. And da, da, da. I think um, he was pretty happy with uh, how this one went. And I'm sure we'll ask about it when he's back from wherever the hell he is, Eastern Europe. And um, what are You made them sound like he's Indiana Jones. Like, what, what is <laughs> I have doing? no idea what they're doing. I assume they're off adventuring in Eastern Europe. <laughs> the, the, the Holy Grail? or Yeah, it belongs in a museum. I don't, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what they're doing. He ran off without telling us any details, so it's all very uh, yeah. mysterious. It belongs in a museum. Uh, so, from there we went to my house, uh, a whole backyard-to-backyard walk. <laughs> oh, and there's a time-lapse thing that's done where um, you can see me just eating your we- the weenies. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did, mind you, I did. I went up and I ate one, and then I walked to the back of the room, and then I walked back up, and then I ate another one. So I was giving, like, I'm not just sitting there just feeding my, stuffing my face. Of course, the time-lapse, it looks like that, but I'm really... Mind you, you, and you can't see me. You can only see my... You weren't pulling a Lipka? <laughs> I wasn't pulling a Lipka. I ate one, got out of the way for anyone else who wants one, and then I walked back up and ate another one, then I walked back, and I, and I didn't do that until the plate was, well, empty. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, um, <laughs> if there was a well, I don't want to to deprecate my own uh, brewing stuff, but uh, Janine and I made two beers. She made a uh, honey amber ale that, um, and I made a uh, cider, um, both of which did not ferment pro- or did not uh, carbonate properly. Both fermented fine, but they could they did not uh, carbonate in time for the competition. So. Um, Cider is okay. Ciders do all right without uh, tons of carbonation. So serve that, and I, you know, I thought it was fine um, as a offering. But um, then we basically scrapped Janine's beer, wanting to save it for actually when it's ready, as opposed to serving a flat beer to people just for them to be like, "Yeah, it's beer," and then move on. So instead, we served a beer that we made actually for Dan's, uh, hopefully new tradition of Oktoberfest. This year, which was a uh, cream ale flavored with uh, local uh, peaches grown by um, a local uh, friend's grandparents. And uh, we only had a very limited selection of that, but it sounds like almost everyone, if not everyone, got at least a little bit of a taste of it. Um, and that seemed to be a pretty pleasing option to people as an alternative to a flat honey amber. I like that beer. I like that beer a lot, actually. it was For me, it was in the running for the top beer that day. Mm, awesome. I really like the flavors. It was just the the mouthfeel. I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was a very good beer. I thought it um it has been aged. We well we had it for what end of October, right? Mm-hmm. So we aged it a couple months in the basement. Um, and I think it got a little better with with flavor. I think the uh, the peaches mellowed a little bit. Um, not mellowed in terms of like less peach flavor, but I think they were a little less raw of a flavor. So um, I'm looking forward to making that again this year. Um, hopefully in a larger quantity. Uh, since it was really good, I might get two two bushels of peaches and just mm-hmm. go nuts. Um, yeah, so I was pleased with it. Uh, I'm really excited for the the honey amber. Even flat tastes really good, so I'm hoping that the uh, the carbonation will take a bit of a, a edge off the sweetness of the honey, um, and it will be good when it's done. But uh, at this point, I'm worried that um, like my basement was too cold to carbonate, but my living room is too warm, and I think it was just a combination bad combination of time. So I may actually have. Um, us dump the bottles and repitch um, and see if we can get it to carbonate again. So, um, you know, there's always ways to recover, but uh, it just wasn't ready in time. I will say for the peach one, that might have been Fran's favorite. Ooh. Yeah, if she wasn't married to me. <laughs> so, that may have been her choice. Aww. Her beer choice. There, There is how that goes. I did have a f- fun conversation with uh, the daughter of um, one of the next brewers. Um uh yeah actually with the next brewer um and she said that she has a, a very strong discussion with her father every year that i love you very much but i'm going to vote for what i actually think is the best beer whether it's <laughs> yours or not so jade said that to chuck so yeah we left my house and we went up to uh triforce pro audio which is above the uh thistle finch uh, distillery where we tried chuck ward's David Hume's Scottish Enlightenment Ale. And so he uh, apparently has a heather plant. I think that's what he was saying outside uh, out of his home. And so every year he, uh, I guess, plucks um, the heather and he this and combines it with chamomile to make this very, very uh, interesting Scottish ale. Uh, so he said this is the first time he's bottled in quite a while. I guess he only really bottles anymore for February. Um, otherwise, he's running on a complete keg system. So he does six tools of stuff, which is really cool. Um, holy crap. This beer, <laughs> he ain't kidding, Chamomile, man. That It was mm. like drinking. If you were, I feel like if you were British, you'd probably really enjoy this because, holy crap, it tasted like tea, man. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. it really tasted like tea. I thought the mouthfeel was brilliant. I thought uh, it, it was expertly crafted. Tea is not my favorite thing, so it's it wasn't going to be my necessarily my favorite um, flavor in the world. But boy, Chuck makes a really mean, good, highly crafted beer, and it is what he says it is. There's no doubt about it. Of like, maybe there's some plum notes on the back end if you you know close your eyes and pretend real hard. No, it is exactly <laughs> what he thought it was. Um, so yeah, he brought it. Uh, he brought it again. He had some sort of shortbread that went in, so it was like tea and crumpets. Uh, it was very adorable, um, and. Very, very, very good beer as well. Yeah, I, 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 I like the initial flavor, but there was just an idea of not wanting to drink more than what I already had. Like that after those the two sips that you can get from that glass, it's, I thought it was done. I wasn't, I was, I thought it was a good beer, but I didn't think it was. I wasn't that wild about it. I know Jackie was wild; she loved it. But mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm the opposite. I I could drink that all night. Yeah, it's just, so good. 
Yeah. Start off in the morning about eight thirty, you know, in my little breakfast. <laughs> you see, nook, yeah, you know. but there you go. Yeah, well, a little there you lemon, go. or I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you put. Well, if I was British, I'd know if you would put milk <laughs> or lemon in it. But <laughs> well, the little cookie crimpets that they had. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that's exactly. I mean, none of the beers, with the exception of my flat cider, uh, did I feel as though I would have been pissed about spending six bucks uh, and getting a pint on draft somewhere. Like all of them came out where I would have gotten Chuck's beer and I would have been like, ooh, whole part of this might be a bit much for me, but I would not have begrudged that purchase in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And that goes from, you know, starting with Joe's beer the whole way up through this list, I had no problem drinking any of these beers. And um, that's not entirely true from years past where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want a whole whatever. So, you know, um, Again, not my favoriteest thing in the world, but it certainly was really good. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that you actually really, really dug it because um, I think it was a polarizing <laughs> flavor. Um, I know um, when uh, Aaron did his um, anise beer, at root beer and anise beer from uh, two years ago. No, his licorice and root beer. Um, it was exactly what it tasted like, but mm-hmm. it was brutal. Your name? Anis with a star anise. Yeah, star of anise. Yeah. So he did that. So it was tasted like black licorice and root beer. And like oh, you yeah. either love those flavors or you hate those flavors. So Absolutely. if you like those flavors, that beer was delicious. <laughs> if you hate them, like I did, I was like, I respect it as a beer, but it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the same way where if you really liked chamomile tea, you were going to love this. And if you didn't, you probably weren't going to be super excited about it. Mm-hmm. But not because it wasn't well crafted. Then we moved on to um, uh, Danis the Manist Fine Ales for, I believe, some sort of beer called the Carpenter's Brew. So since we actually have the brewer sitting in front of us, I thought maybe perhaps you could tell us all about the process in which you did with uh, this fine beer. So Danis the Manist Fine Ales probably wouldn't have been my first pick <laughs> for a brewing name. Maybe something along the lines of uh, Star Anis. <laughs> Star Anis. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Carpenter's Brew. Actually, initially, I was going to go with an anise beer. That's kind of what I was getting psyched up for all year. Mm. And uh, I kind of tried experimenting with this oak. I took half half of the uh, carboy that I had of the Palo Santo clone of a clone <laughs> and uh, bottled half, kept it because I love it, and then um, just was experimenting with some roasting, uh, got some fresh oak from the local carpenter, and toasted it up. Threw it in just to try it out. And uh, actually, initially, I was going to keep it in for about six months. Not not intentionally for uh, February. But I was going to, you know, one of the uh, kits that I had gotten last year when I started brewing was uh, it gave a recommendation to keep the oak in for six months. Huh. But I randomly was talking to this other carpenter <laughs> where I was trying to get some oak from. And he was a brewer. And he said you know what, after one month, you better start checking it because it will change by week. And I thought, huh, that's a good idea. So I, a month came by and I uh, went and checked it and said, this is perfect. This is, if I could like epitomize the beer that I want to drink, <laughs> this is it. Done. Bottling it. You know, scrap the other five months of waiting. I have a good beer. Nice. Uh, but I only did have one case of it, less than one case. So I had to be kind of sparing. Yeah, and then I I did the pairing with uh, pretzels. Uh, originally, I was gonna do chocolate covered pretzels. Oh. Yeah, right. Uh, salty <laughs> sweet. It was yeah. like a lot of salty sweet, and it was just a little overpowering. I can and, see that. But of course, in the process, I'm sitting there eating all these pretzels that I didn't dip <laughs> yet, and thought, man, this is so perfect. The salty with the sweet, it just paired so well. So it might be a, it might look like a cop out. It wasn't. <laughs> I mean, no. I was like sincere about the pretzels. They went well. No, I think that you're right that the sugar, the, the chocolate flavor would have overpowered. I think the oakiness, which is really what made that beer so special. I think, um, you know, I've done oaky beers in the past and I actually, um, in the process of going through um, the peaches and cream ale looking for it, um, I hit a bunch of my oak aged uh, pale ale from like two years ago and I realized that like the I liked it a lot more after two years because the oak flavor mellowed significantly over time, and that there's a, it's a fine balance. You mm. don't want too much woody in there because then it tastes like you're drinking a log, mm-hmm. but you don't want to have it go too subdued, or otherwise it's like why do you even go through that in the, in, in the other direction? And I think you got actually um, the perfect balance of just sort of like 
it was definitely a brown ale, but then there was just this hint of oakiness that was there that was just sort of this, I don't know, like perfect balance that was really, really good. Um, yeah, that, I remember having yours passing around and, you know, I've been hyping you up for, for months because you kind of came out as a homebrewer because you started what, homebrewing <laughs> kind of this time last year, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, once again, my awesome wife uh, <laughs> bought me a homebrew kit and I just kind of went crazy. I think I did about... I had, uh, I had six brews in the pot, like within the first two months. <laughs> um, and two of those were, uh, oak beers. No, one of those was an oak beer and two were not brown. So I kind of meshed them together sort of with this last one. Well, it was definitely a nice combination. And I don't know if I've seen a lot of oaked browns or have had drank a lot of them, but it was a good combination. There are certain things that I think like it obviously wouldn't work with, but mm-hmm. that was actually a good style that compared them. And then you're right, having a little bit of the, the saltiness of the... I mean, l- literally, I don't think necessarily the pretzels would have done. I think if you just would have had a salt lick for all of us, <laughs> that would have been enough to keep us going and happy. But uh, no, it was really good. It mellowed. It was um, on, the, on the tongue. It was uh, just the right balance of sort of that nutty brown with um, with that, that oak finish. It was really, really good. And um, it was, re- I was actually really nervous because pairing you with Chuck, Chuck always comes so strong with a beer. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of like, shit, you know, I was worried that he was going to come out. And especially with him going first, it was going to be, oh, everyone's going to remember what Chuck's beer was. And maybe it'll overshadow, you know, yours. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, not at all. I mean, they both came out and they both kind of like stood their ground as, you know, we're great beers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I definitely had like, I think three or four samples. What else came coming my way? I'm like, well, nobody wants anymore. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, but before uh, before we started pouring, they gave us a choice of who should go first. And uh, after hearing what his was, I was like, he should definitely go first. Yeah, <laughs> mine would certainly overpower his. If yeah, it, I mean, yeah, in yeah, retrospect, it was a good it was a good choice. Yeah, he definitely did have more delicate flavors. I thought. Yeah. So after that, um, we went down to uh, Wacker for a surprise, where Wacker had some sort of special beer. Um, I don't really recall exactly what the deal was because I didn't get down there until after they were already pouring it. But um, uh, I guess they had a six toll of some special beer that they had brewed. Um, I don't remember if you guys know any of the. I don't you remember, remember any, any of it. There any details. I remember being down there. <laughs> I mean, I went down, but I was I showed up. Um, I was uh, actually finishing some more of your beer, Dan. And then when I got put down there, the guy was like pouring, and I was like, "What's this all about?" And he was like, "Oh, some sort of the person next to me was like some sort of special wacker beer," and. Um, you know, I've actually generally enjoyed Wacker's beer, beer beers that I've had. Um, I actually thought, not that it was bad, but I thought that was like the weakest beer of the day. I thought all the other homebrews were actually better than what they were serving, which was really interesting. I um, mean, it was supposed to be some sort of special surprise for us, but I was sort of like, mm-hmm. can we get back to like what we're doing? Everybody <laughs> else has been doing great. This is kind of meh. Um, but at least appreciate their effort. Uh, I guess, shit, what was his name? Mike from Wacker mm-hmm. was one of the judges, and he was a really cool guy. Um, he broke my heart cause we were sitting in my house talking and he goes, I was putting out the, the two year old, uh, Oaked IPA and he's like, yeah, you should really have put this in here cause mm. it's uh, way better than the cider. And I was like, no, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is, you know, plus I'd already put that in two years ago and, and got trounced. So why embarrass myself twice? But, uh, yeah, it was, he was a really cool guy. I just, I don't know it, that beard. I can barely remember what it was and it was kind of darkish, but I don't know anything else about it because it just sort of came and went. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of a disappointment. Um, I was kind of still on a high from serving my beer and all the feedback, but I will say with Wacker, you know, I, I kind of have been a witness seeing their beers progress, you know, they'll, they'll push one out, have a lot of people try it and, you know, it'll be like, yeah, this is, this is half, this is all right. You know, but then come a month later or two months later, they come out with another revision of it and it's just way better. It's just, yeah. I mean, they're constantly progressing. They're not, they're not just sitting on one, they're one Polish. flavor. The Kolsch is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I could drink that all day, every day. And Kolsch for me is, is weirdly, we used to drink it a lot while tubing during the summer. So for me, it's like the quintessential summer beer. It's like, yeah, I want to get some Kolsch and it's delicious. So um, yeah, by no means are they a bad brewery. It was just sort of funny that we're going through this homebrew tour where you would assume that all of these homebrew beers would sort of be second rate to the professional brewers. And then in that particular instance, it just wasn't. So uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. Um and, and our, our host, Matt, uh, Matt Johnson, has a Wacker tattoo on his arm so that he can continue to get free <laughs> beer from Wacker. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, he was taking off his shirt to show everybody his Wacker tattoo. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> He's an interesting fellow. <laughs> who's, uh, who's the local that has the, uh, um, the pizza guy? 
pizza guy tattooed on his leg. He doesn't get any free pizza though. I don't. I don't think he's got. Ever got oh, wow, free pizza. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, he's got the pizza delivery. Like lining up my. Uh, I've got some real estate here on my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what do yeah. I like? It's 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 awesome. <laughs> uh, I have sushi. I'll just put some sushi. <laughs> hey, look at this. <laughs> I don't think it'll work. No. Um, that's hilarious. So from there, we, we, we ventured over to uh, Robbie Nye's place, mm-hmm. um, and Robbie Nye um, has been a newer introduction to the, the brew crawl, and he's, he was doing pretty well. He was also another member of the October Fest um, mm-hmm. in the fall, if I recall correctly, and uh, he has a gorgeous house on Manor Street, right? Is that mm-hmm. what it is, Manor yeah, Street? Yeah, Manor. Um, and uh, apparently a huge backyard. Didn't get to see it, but I'm told it's ginormous, and he grows his own hops back there, which is pretty cool. So... Um, I got to uh, I got to partake in that last season. Mm. They gave us a couple bags to go out and just pick to our heart's desire. Nice. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So he's 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 getting there super legit. Where you know next thing he'll have a couple of you know plots of grain back there and he'll be growing all his own ingredients, <laughs> cultivating his own yeast, and then he'll totally be super pro. Uh, but he had. I thought I saw some yeast in the corner actually. It was yeah, possibly. Was something growing. <laughs> Hey, I can use that. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, brewed uh, what he's calling the another attempt at the Nobby Rye, and it's apparently a pumpernickel beer. Uh, it has chocolate malted rye, homegrown nugget uh, hops, and of course caraway. It should be around six percent. And um, yeah, his beer was actually really good. Um, I'm really, I was really, really impressed. Uh, rye beers usually have some sort of like, I always call it like a harshness, but I didn't get like any of that. I came in and it was super drinkable. I really like rye's and I'm on, it's always, but I, I have a hard time being like, I'm going to pound like two ruthless rye's in a row. Um, but this, I was like, dude, holy drinkable, man. I could have just plowed through that. Um, yeah. kind of did a little bit, but, uh, yeah, that was really, really good. Um, and I showed up late to the party um, to that stop and was just like, Oh, sweet. And just started, you know, drinking tons of it. It was awesome. I was really impressed by Robbie Nye's, um, beer. It was really good. Speaking I- of which, there was a really good strategy of Viva at the end of the, the, the train, because then as the bottles get passed back to you, there's, if they had more than enough, you kind of get stuck with the whole bottle. And by, I mean, by I don't mean stuck. I don't mean stuck at all, but you get to hold a whole bottle of beer. And, uh, it's, there's some advantages I noticed to being last. But then, being first that round, um, uh, to that stop in particular, let me get some of those cookies that Amanda had. Oh my gosh, those chocolate chip cookies. Well, that was paired with the next one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, so the next beer the we had was um, the Rise and Shine Stout from wait, Burton. Who, uh, who was... Uh, Amanda Burton. Amanda Burton. Sweet. Um, so yeah, I had that. I don't recall it too well. However, the maple bacon chocolate chip cookies yeah. that were paired with it were phenomenal. I had like eight of them. That was Maybe not eight, but it was, it was a lot. Well, I kind of feel bad. I, f- I feel badly because I feel like her food pairing kind of outshined the beer. Not because the beer was bad, but just because it was like, here's a maple chocolate chip bacon cookie. It's like, yeah, what was, the hell is this? Is that what, what, what? Yeah, like any. Goddess, are you? Like, oh my God. Yeah, you could have like been If she were me- on Ghostbusters, she could say, yes, oh my God, here's the cookies to prove it. And you'd be like, yes, you are. Oh my God, they were so good. You could have handed me any beer in the world. I mean, you could have had the best beer in the world, and I would have been like, ooh, cookie, go, my mom. I'm just swallowing the cookie with a little bit of a beer. I mean, I don't remember it being bad. I just don't really remember it because I think I was just so enthralled with the cookies. I feel. I thought the pairing went well. <laughs> you feel like an asshole, but yeah, the cookies were what really did it. Um, you know, I've gotten to uh, to brew with Rob a couple times, and I really love his style. Uh, you won't see any calculators. You won't see any apps. You'll just see, he, he'll measure by the handful. And uh, I think with this beer that he actually had in this uh, in February, he had two similar ones. Uh, there was a there was a little accident where something had uh, uh, fallen on the handle of the the keg and and it five gallons of beer had spilled out all over his basement floor. Oh, <laughs> oh no! So he ran and just grabbed some hops out of you know from his backyard, <laughs> threw it in overnight, and hoped for the best. And that's what you got. You get you still get this amazing beer, and that's yeah. how he does it. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Done with love and care. I would be really hard to replicate any of his uh, recipes, though, if he's just like, all right, now at this point I have to spill it. (laughs) (laughs) 
you did not get the spilled beer. <laughs> it was it was a whole other whole other tank. So yeah, then we went uh, back to uh, well, I guess sadly now is the X Johnson place. Help yourself, Dan, if you want. Um, and uh, so we went to Johnson's house for the final two brewers. Uh, Josh Goodyear uh, had his Goodyear backyard porter, uh, which was a chocolate and caramel malts, uh, and that was actually a really really good porter. Um, it was it was actually like um, a lot of times I find that porters are sort of like watered down stouts, and I don't feel like that's really fair to the, to the style. But this was actually just like a nice sweet beer with a little bit of that uh those toasted notes on the on the on the end and um you know josh with his smoking gun last year uh was expecting high things from him and he actually really did super well and i thought it was a really nice um it was interesting having a couple of dark beers kind of in a row like this but uh, i thought his was kind of a, a standout of the of the darker beers that we had uh of the day it was really really good um yeah i could have drank that for quite a while um yeah, like all winter. I got to drink that for all winter. I was tasty. That'd be actually a really good introduction of like, hey, you don't really like dark beers? You should drink this as a thing to sort of get you mm-hmm. appreciating yeah. um, the darker beers. Yeah, I think so as well. It was, it was solid. It was good. It was very good. But it was overshadowed for me by the next beers. Yeah. And then uh, so Joel Bigler was our final brewer. And I think it was sort of unfair putting him at the, the bitter end there. Unfair for everyone else. Uh, so Joel is a uh, he works at Trug's Brewing Company and uh, is uh, fighting his way up to be a a, a full like a full time brewer there, and uh, so he presented um, somber amber, uh, which was a amber saison with notes of fruit and spice. Um, that was extremely good, um, brilliantly well calculated, like just super well crafted. Um, Perhaps not my greatest flavor of beer. Saison's a really hard style, but as Saison's go, it was probably in my top 30% of Saison's that I've ever tried. It was very well done. Yeah, not just of the the brew crawl here. This is yeah, I mean ever, like professional like was... Saison's. And uh, so that was really good. Uh, it was pretty uh, well done. He was pouring out of a six-stool. He did the whole like shebang. And then he had his, uh, what he called the Spencer which is an American IPA um, that was just like <laughs> regrettably heads and shoulders above the. I mean, I it was ridiculously deli- delicious. It was funny because then so um, like what there was a case of uh, like um, what was it? There was a, what was the case that was sitting there with Trogues? It was the Nugget um, Nectar. Yeah, and it's like I'd rather have his beer. Yeah. I'd rather uh, have his IPA than the Nugget Nectar. He was using. I'm trying to look at the. Um, okay, so he, yes, so here he um, he describes everything completely. So he uh, he has. So he's using a English malt backbone, just a touch of local honey, boost the alcohol without increasing the body. He used uh, crisp Maris otter white wheat, acid malt cara rye cara foam. He used sugars, local honey. Uh, his kettle hops were Columbus, Citra, Simcoe, Palisade dry uh, Palisade hops, and then for his dry hops, he used Galaxy, Citra, Cascade, and Experimental 06277 hops. And then his yeast, he used the yeast that makes Hetty Topper. <laughs> and so, like, granted, a lot of these ingredients, like the experimental hops and uh, the Alchemist yeast, you're not going to be able to get without having, you know, the access to Trug's Brewing Company's supply of shit. So he definitely had sort of an insider's, um, you know, put an asterisk next to that victory because he had access to stuff the rest of us didn't. But uh, I can't deny that the boy knows how to brew. Um, that IPA was my favorite by far. Um. Uh, yeah, I already asked his uh, charming girlfriend if he had any more. Um, and I told not, her to marry him. Uh, <laughs> she had a couple of people say that. Uh, but yeah, I was like, dude, can I commission you to make a bunch of that for like my next party? Because holy shit, that was delicious. Yeah. Um. It was good. It was really. Good. It was um, extremely uh, citrusy in the nose. It smelled amazing, and then it was just this weirdly complex. Uh, bittersweet combination in just sort of like the perfect way. I mean, there's a lot of uh, IPAs on the market that uh, I would happily jump over to get my hands on another another bottle of that. It was it was it was awesome. 
I mean, there are a lot of good beers there, but that was my standout for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it did win the judges' uh, best choice. But again, I mean, it's an IPA, so you're going to have some people who aren't necessarily uh, big fans of that particular style. But um, yeah, I almost feel bad because his Saison was very good, but uh, he had leftover Saison at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. He did not, not have Not by leftover. the barrier, I don't think. Oh, perhaps not, but no, uh, the IPA went extremely yeah, quickly. It. it was good. It was definitely good. Man, I wish we could start at Rob's, at Robbie Nye's house again and rerun all the way to the end because by the time i get there my my taste buds are shot and hearing yeah. you guys explain these beers i i don't remember them quite the same way i mean really good beers but yeah yeah i wish i could just start from there again yeah there is that you know you're a little bit more intoxicated and you know like if i'm having a party and i have wine like that's the thing is i usually like my first bottle is going to be kick-ass you're going to taste it it's going to be amazing and the second bottle who cares like no one remembers mm-hmm. the second bottle you know your taste but you're not paying attention to the flavors anymore so it's like that is scary by the end like you know how how good were those beers i don't remember them that well i remember the the, the cookies, the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> well that is sort of the um i mean people have been arguing for a couple of years now that i mean matt has always attested that he wants it to be a a crawl that we go location to location but a lot of people said why don't you just have the brewers go to the dirty old tavern and we all set up shop there and then you can go through and you can taste all yeah. x beers really quickly take the notes the diligent notes that you'd want to take decide your actual decisions and then get shit faced because part of the problem is is some of the later beers do kind of get blurryly hazy where it's like okay i had a stout and then a porter and then another dark beer kind of all within the span yeah. of 30 minutes and I was already pretty drunk and they all kind of in my memory blurred to be one thing you have to have that something else to shake out uh, to you know that breakout beer in, in them to really get that impact and uh, yeah I kind of agree with you Dan that um, um, I think you and Chuck kind of had the perfect zone of like people kind of being like yeah I'm feeling good but I can still actually remember this shit and then they got really messy after that um, I don't think it would be any different for me, though. If I tried them all within half an hour, I would still get halfway through and say, man, <laughs> well, I'm not tasting be. anything anymore. It's just all kind of melts. Well, at least yeah. you'll, you'll be able to drink them all before the alcohol actually hits you. <laughs> like, rather than like we've been at it for a few hours now and, you know, mm-hmm. we're like, wait, I'm drinking what now? Well, like, you know, by that point, the alcohol is in my subsystem. It's affecting me, you mm-hmm. know. I give the judges a lot of credit for the fact that they actually do stay sober throughout yeah. the thing and they do wow. actually take their job very seriously. So they go through and they have a sample. Maybe they'll go back for a second taste if they really feel like they need to, but talk to any three of them at any point along the crawl and they are sober. They remember the beers. They're, they're being diligent in their task. Everybody else, God help you. They're in various <laughs> stages of holy shit drunk. Um, which is, you know, the point of everyone else going for these things. And so, but yeah, I, I am curious about the uh, experimentation. If you like put down, if you label them A, B, C, and D and like did a blind taste test, could anyone have any recollection of like what beers were what? Um, <laughs> I like to think I would do pretty well on that, but who knows in that middle section, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. especially with all the darker beers, it'd probably be pretty hard to tell them apart. Um, yeah, because uh, I do, you know... Um, Having stayed for the after party, uh, things got messy, and there wasn't even that much beer that was really being thrown around in the after party. Well, your mm-hmm. girlfriend throwing wings on the floor and all that sauce. Was she, was, w- she was she was a mess. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then there was the scarf dance party thing. Yeah, where it, it was crazy. Yeah, I was... always leave too early. Yes, oh, gosh, yes, you, you do. Scarves. I yeah. did miss the scarves. You missed yeah. you missed uh, our host Matt walking around in nothing but an apron. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, <but an> apron. <laughs> well, I saw him uh, singe his eyebrows through the fire last year, jumping through the That's fire. That's true. Yeah, the fire leaping episode. The fire leaping. Yeah. Far- oh, you know, did you miss moving him? Like, do we all stuff? Was, did Did anyone help him move the next morning, or uh, when did he move the next? He did move the next morning. Quote unquote morning. After three hours of sleep, he was still drunk, um, and then miserably hungover. He did have some help, but I don't think it was from anybody that was actually at the brew crawl. Okay. I, I know, like, Zadilla helped, but because I saw him last night and they were talking about it, but I don't know if anybody else helped. Um, and Matt did good. He was worried he was going to hurl, like, nobody's business, but he, mm-hmm. you know, kept it up. Good man. So, uh, yeah, uh, my vote was definitely for uh, Joel's is my favorite. Um, I'd actually say that, yeah, Dan, yours is probably the second, my second favorite of the day. Um, and sorry. You don't have to say that just because I'm here. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I had Dan at number one. The only <laughs> yes, 
it's funny. I've always actually. We're gonna share this one. Yeah, hey, what, 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 here, buddy. I've never actually disagreed with the judges or the popular vote. You know, I'm yeah, always worried about it. But you can believe whatever you want. No, no, no. Yeah, just you and I. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've had. Um, well, no, I've had consider- considerable concerns about that because I know like not everybody who goes is like the world's biggest beer drinkers, and so I'm always curious about the fact of like, oh, all of these people who primarily drink wine are coming to a brew crawl, and is that going to change the popular vote? Is there, is is the the addition of a bunch of wine drinkers going to change the the expectation of what a beer should taste like to not necessarily be what I would consider a good quality beer? And every year. Um, either they don't have a huge impact mm-hmm. or it they have I give I'm not giving them enough credit because every year I feel like they're actually perfectly spot on. I mean the judges awarded Joel um, the best beer. Um, they did actually kind of sweat the decision and and did they not say Dan that they, that you were um, the other beer that they were thinking about for yeah, them? I thought yep. they said that yeah. it was right up to the end. We thought it was going to be, you know, yours. And then they're like, but then that happened. And so we, they threw it into a, like a last minute tizzy. I'd love to be in on that conversation. Though. Uh, yeah. I have to imagine it's just to hard. hear everything, everything about. The well, and they've said numerous years that it's not like, yeah, there's like, you're all a bunch of fucking amateurs. And then there's this one guy. It's always like, and it's not like, oh, you're all fucking bunch of amateurs. So we have a hard decision to decide which amateur is the best of the shit. <laughs> it's always we're actually really impressed by this because they keep coming back to do it every year, you know. So yeah. they're enjoying the beer that they're drinking. So mm-hmm. um, it was really, really, I think it's really, really tough for them to decide. I don't think I'd want to be in that position. I think it would be a hell of a hard time trying to decide what was the best beer that I had all day. Um, not that I'm an expert on these things, but uh, yeah, that'd be hard. I feel like I would bring balance to the force because I love the experimental beers. Yeah. Like that crazy whiskey, everything you had in that one. What was that last year? Yeah. Man, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. Me too. Me too. Uh, and that's why I, actually, I was kind of surprised that Joel's was a really um, interesting flavored IPA. Um, I don't think you can really argue with the, fl- the flavors being too outrageous. But uh, yeah, it is interesting that they kind of like the more mellow stuff that's... Um, they just want something that's well crafted. Mm-hmm. So I'm, wait- I'm waiting for the year where like some- like Chuck or somebody just comes out and goes... Pale ale, deal with it. And the judges are like phenomenal. And the boss is like, what? Isn't that what he did like the one of the years? And he won. Isn't that the he won one? I thought didn't he win one for something like that? I don't think he's ever done anything quite that. I thought it was like almost to that extent. It was like, here it is. It was really good. Uh, He may have done like a Belgian, like it's just straight Belgian in the one year. I think. I have to look back through notes of years past, but um, didn't he win? And I thought that's what he won with. He did win, and it was, but it was really good, so you can't really complain. But uh, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I thought it was like a basic style that wasn't like that's what the judges baloney or anything in it. And Emily, didn't she take a win with the honey mead, or was that like an honorable mention? Or um, that was uh, that was an amazing beer. Did she? She did win the popular vote last year, didn't she? I don't remember. I thought the spruce won the popular vote. Was this the one that ended at JJ's place when he lived on whatever street that was? Yeah. Uh, it didn't end there because I don't think they because it ended at Matt's place, didn't it? Or did we not have beers there? Or am I confusing it with like a, a different year? She would have debuted that beer at JJ's, I think, with Chuck that year. Oh, I just remember there was a year when they were awarding the the, the winners in JJ's back. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. That's right. That is right. That was that was last year. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And um. Yeah, I think Emily won, and then oh, that's right. Yeah, Janine's um, what was it? the uh, the the uh, what's the gin made out of the berry that Janine's made from? Um, juniper, her juniper cream ale, I think, was like one vote or two votes away from popular choice. I think it was like between her. I remember that year it was like popular vote was like, and this is what's hilarious. You have like fifty people there, and the popular vote is like seven votes is number one six votes is number two yeah. and three three five votes is number three and it's just sort of like holy shit like we're that split on who's the favorite between all of the voters because that's how it was this year i mean your vote was like what 13 or 15 votes and the next one was like 11 i mean it wasn't too far away mm-hmm. which is great i mean that's good it means everybody was kind of close and everybody had their opinions and it wasn't um you know a huge i feel would feel bad if it was like dan got 49 votes the next guy <laughs> got three votes you know like that would be really kind of terrible but uh yeah. Um, and Janine lost by one vote, so that'll teach her to vote for somebody else's beer. Yeah, anyway. I'm still hearing <laughs> shit about having not voted for her goddamn beer last year. <laughs> I voted for what was a good vote. And, she's, and she comes to me and goes, neither you nor I voted for our beer. And I was like, 
lesson learned lesson learned but yeah, yeah exactly wait you lost by two or uh, I think, yeah, the first place was however many votes. I think it was Emily. Uh, and then, like, literally, uh, Janine's Juniper uh, Cream Ale was a single vote behind that. And so had Janine and I both picked the beer that we brewed, that would have been one Yeah, but photo. did you really think that was the best, though? No, that's, well, I didn't vote for Well, there you go. It. No, screw that. That's, um, this is what we're doing. Exactly. That's what, you know, that's, I said, I Janine totally... is a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Jay that you should vote your heart, whether that happens to be... <laughs> uh, the beer that you brewed yourself or not. So, yeah, I agree. So before we drink all of this, let's actually talk about Dan's beer. He was this very nice to uh, donate the last bottle of his oaked brown. What did you actually call this thing? Carpenter's Brew. That's right, Carpenter's <clears throat> Brew. So you actually got the oak wood from a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so did he just give you like a giant plank of oak or like a chunk of oak? How did you actually go about taking yeah. actual Carpenter's wood and putting it as a brew ingredient? Well, it was it was the cut off edge of a tree, so I mean, it still had like some remnants of bark on either edge. Mm. Uh, so I guess he 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 works with an Amish cabinet maker, and I don't know where they get their wood, but he just said they had tons of oak chunks laid around. He brought this big board over, so took it downstairs in the uh, in the basement, took a sawzall to it, and chopped it into some uh, thin uh, thin boards, and then cut that up into like one inch chunks. Okay. Toasted it in the uh, in a little toaster oven, and I actually got the uh, the roasting profile online. There's a really great graphing um, calculator online, and you know, 300 degrees for three hours gets you like right in that mix of uh, vanilla and caramel. Uh-huh. That's what I was going for. So nice. It was just an experiment, just to see what happened. Now, actually, I tried this again. Same wood, uh, same same brew, everything, but. I put the uh, I put the knob on uh, toast instead of bake, and same exact everything, but it like burnt the crap out of it, and it was like dark and almost ashy. <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it anyway. <laughs> this is uh, what experimenting's about, and so I'm waiting for that to get bottled here this week. <laughs> I wonder if there'll be like a smoky characteristic too. Which it does. It has a bite, like a bitterness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to filter this beer before you drink it, but yeah, no, interesting, interesting. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh it's actually surprisingly dark for what I uh, I mean I remembered it being dark, but it's uh, I, I almost get it to, into like a like a porter range of color. It's mm-hmm. definitely darker than a traditional brown. Yeah, it's just a lot less bitter than a porter. Um, so yeah, it is in the brown brown ale range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sweet and malty, and then. Um, yeah, I get like a, a nice brown initially, and then as it sort of, um, as the as the take that swallow, it just sort of fades into a nice oaky flavor on the back yeah. end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what the the secret was that impressed everybody was sort of that like, oh, there it is, there it is in the end. Yeah, yeah. I get get that right there at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's not like up and in, in your face. I would say that uh, the oaky beers I've done have been really in your face, and this turns out to be like super mild, sweet and mild. I think it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad so many people enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it just feels really good in the tongue. And now 55 pounds of two row to play with. <laughs> <laughs> Five years later, you're still using it. <laughs> Unless you go through a kick where you're doing like seven beers in, a, in two months again. No, this is really actually really drinkable. What was the ABV? Did you end up having the kind of- uh, Ten and a half. Okay, I remember yeah. it seemed feel strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot to mention a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although having a ten percent, ten and a half percent beer may be part of the reason why uh, the nice stop might be a little hazy in people's yeah. recollection. <laughs> having something strong along the way. Uh, Janine actually talked us into uh, having a couple of shots before heading out the door, which. Uh, was also a bad news. We had some whiskey shots between stop uh, well, I, four and five. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Well, I'm remembering playing cards with her later on that evening. Um, I'm not really sure either, any of you were playing cards. You were attempting to. Well, but, uh, we were just yeah. making fun of Marissa, but she was playing cards and she was like, it looks like she was trying to hide the fact that she was sleeping by putting the cards in front of her face. <laughs> no, that's not what she was. That was exactly what she was trying to do. She's just... like, and she was kind of like, like her head is laying on the table. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so, this... so, so Janine sneaks off to bed not long after that. And yeah. then uh, uh, Jesse and Jackie end up leaving. And then Marissa really wants to play this card game. And so, I'm 
slowly starting to sober up and the next thing you know from 10 30 to 1 30 i'm playing cards with marissa because she hasn't gotten a hint that i want to go to bed <laughs> because i keep winning and apparently she's hyper i didn't realize how oh, competitive gosh, yeah. oh she's very i thought it was ramirez that just brought it out of her but no i think just in general she's super competitive yeah. and uh, yeah so she wouldn't leave until i let her win but i i kept winning so it, it, it ended up being a problem and so she was like threatening me with three matches this week and whatnot so <laughs> she seems to have calmed down quite a bit about it but yeah my my night was really late and then i went to bed and then uh, janine had been asleep for like five hours and woke up and was like hyper and i was like no so it was a rough night for me yeah i remember that game being really retarded she was not explaining it well she was not no I, I thought it was explained just fine <laughs> and i thought it was stupid um <laughs> what was it called milbourne yes it's yeah a thousand miles and uh... i was just sitting there mike do you know this game no and oh, we didn't like i'm holding cards and my team we don't get to go throughout almost the entire game my, it's like, it's kind of like if you're playing monopoly and you don't get to roll the dice <laughs> for like 80 percent of the game you're just gonna sit there it's, yeah. no, it's like when you yeah. they're, they're they're rounding the bases. They're rounding the bases. They're getting putting like houses and hotels on shit and whatever like that. And they're like, oh, free parking. What the what? And you're like, still haven't passed go. I haven't left uh, anything. I didn't even get to roll the dice yet. Yeah, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in jail. Not, yeah. Nothing to do about it. Can't but get doubles. But it's like doubles. you started in jail. Like at least you like, oh, I landed on you know community chest. Sent me to jail. Whatever. Like no, I didn't even get to do that. Or like we're just sitting there. Like, oh, and then they give us a flat tire. It's like we didn't fucking out even get out of the garage or the, whatever. No, it was more insulting than a flat tire. It was you were out of gas. The whole game is oh. driving in the French countryside. It's uh, or Formula One racing or something. I don't remember exactly what the metaphor is, but you're. I think it could be fun if, if if you ha didn't have that initial go thing. Yeah, like that's just stupid. Like, why suck. does it make it that you have a card? You have to have a card before you can even start playing. Well, that's why, like, when playing with Marissa that night was really frustrating because for her because she ended up getting in a situation like that where um we were we played through like the entire stack of cards and you don't reshuffle and so at a certain point you play all the like fix an accident cards and so at a certain point i just dropped an accident on her and then like it was impossible for her to fix her car and go yeah and then it's just like well you're screwed to the end of the round and that's why you play a bunch of rounds to try to even that kind of randomness out but it is super frustrating when it's like I'm going to win. Oh, and all you do is just draw and you can't go and you can't go and you just keep discarding. It's super frustrating. I feel like you could have turned this into a really great drinking game. Every time you don't get to go, you take a drink and <laughs> and everybody's happy. And then everyone's dead in 10 minutes. <laughs> just frustrating. Are you just promoting drinking and driving through the French countryside? <laughs> or, Only when you're out of I guess. was going to make the joke he's making it more authentically French, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, well, Dan, thank you for bringing this uh, this this final beer. Uh, I'll be curious to try the uh, the next round of your uh, very toasted uh, yeah. oak. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, what you have for next year's February. Um, oh no, I told you I quit. You quit. You oh, yeah. won once and you're out of there. <laughs> uh, it is kind of awesome that uh, I feel like every year we go and every year it's better than the year before. Like everybody's better than. Yeah, the year I'm not before. gonna even. I was like, maybe I should start out of access to a basement. No. You're going to start brewing. No, there's no, no, I can't compete with any of that. If you don't, you're going to start brewing because we're going to do a video series of like of Jesse idiots, trying to brew. Idiots guide to brewing. No, it's going to be the idiot. one. Jesse's got <laughs> what? Starting out, you're going to be an idiot. You're going to have all these questions and such, and that's why we want to do it. But uh, I have a feeling it's all going to come out as wine. <laughs> oh, look at this. This is a nice Merlot. <laughs> oh, try the Cabernet. <laughs> That'd be amazing if that were true. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Jesse's like almost Jesus. He turns well, beer gritty. I, I thought I was doing it to turn into a Malbec. <laughs> That's crazy. Crazy. Well, Dan, thank you for joining us. Cheers. We really, yes. really appreciate it. Um, definitely uh, enjoyed drinking your beer on the day of and certainly enjoying drinking it now. I look forward for other wonderful things out of you and your brewing career in the future. So uh, that's it for uh, today's show. Uh, we appreciate everyone joining. Uh, look out for next year's February competition. Um, I believe that there'll be some significantly step large steps up in technology to make it easier for um, more people to get involved and have a good time. So we're looking forward to that. Um, it's always sort of a last minute kind of clusterfuck of organization and we're attempting to uh, ma mature the process so that it uh, 
eases the responsibility off uh, Matt's shoulders as much as possible and is more of just a collaboration of, of people and volunteers working hard to make it awesome. Um, join us next week. We'll be back with a, another full episode, um, which we have pre-recorded, but I forget what the theme is. So um, keep an eye out for that and uh, keep an eye out for when Mike is back from Croatia or wherever the hell he's at. Um, I'm sure he'll have plenty of horror stories. Hopefully he's not staying any in any hostels over there because of that uh, terrible movie that took place in Eastern Europe. And uh, Actually, I don't even know if he's going to Croatia. I don't know. I, or Temples of Doom. Or... Don't quote me on anything that's <laughs> happening right now. But uh, uh, he's, he promised to bring back some beer, uh, if not um, in person, then in spirit. So we'll be, be able to hear what it's like drinking in, in uh, the far and away. So uh, thanks for listening. And, of course, keep on drinking. That's today's show. For more information on today's podcast or to subscribe to the show, visit www.blindtigerpodcast.com or look for us on iTunes. Send comments or questions to show at blindtigerpodcast.com. To suggest or request a beer for beer versus beer or to ask a question for Homebrew 101, email show at blindtigerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep drinking.